I'm supposed to be done in 15 minutes. You I start to say, no I, I, can't even, I can't even get the introduction out in 15 minutes. I'll tell you that right now. That song right there years ago when I was young, I was reading a songbook and had all these well-known pastors and their favorite songs, so I figured I'd better get me one. <laughs> so I started praying about it. Anyway, I came up, that was my favorite song, Oh, What a Savior. Praise God. Y'all can put it on my casket or somewhere when I die, right? But anyway. So this farmer couple, older man, woman, they've been together for years. and So he wasn't feeling real well. He, he said, honey, he said, you take care of the chores today. I'm going to run town and see that doctor. He goes to town. doctor examines him. He said, well, shoot it to me straight, doc. He said, you'll never see tomorrow. He said, you won't make it through tonight. He said, oh, man, how's my wife going to handle that? So he goes home at the end of the day. She comes out. He says, honey, I got some bad news. Said, doctor said I wouldn't make it to tomorrow. And he said, but I got an idea. So let's go to town tonight. We'll eat at the steakhouse, go bowling, do a bunch of stuff like that. She said, wait a minute. She said, you've been gone all day. I milked the cows, chopped the wood, slopped the hogs, had to go feed all the chickens, worked hard. Now you want me to go to town and run around all night, and you don't even have to get up in the morning. <laughs> Just want to see if y'all are listening to me. <laughs> Oh, me. I'm going to talk for a few minutes, but I truly believe the Lord's given me a message for us, for us today, and I'm praying God will help us. I could tell you many, many stories, but I won't, I won't unless they just come in the sermon because there's so many. It's kind of unique how God puts it together. Somebody mentioned the small world, you know. Uh, Matt and Leah, of course, they were married at Gateway Baptist Church. Uh, Matt's a great. Only thing wrong with Matt is I can't say his, I can't spell his last name. But anyway, anyway, it's German or something. But uh, that's good. The the Maddoxes are actually at Shenandoah Baptist Church, where we're at. As a matter of fact, we have our own gateway section down there at Shenandoah. There's <laughs> T.J. and Philip, me and Jamie, the Maddoxes and the Snyder's, Jeremy and Susie, and all of them. You remember them? So, but anyway, God's good, isn't He? God is good. Some of the things in the message I'll share with you may talk a little bit about this. Give me just a few moments to get going here. I'm trying to get ready. God is good. With COVID and the critical race theory and wokeness and gender-sensitive gender training and max vaccine, vaccine mandates, mass mandates, weak leadership, and then we're not going to get into politics. I'm just saying that's stuff we're dealing with, right? and all the things that are out there. Well, what do we do? Well, don't forget this. We see God, we see ourselves, and we see it through. That's the sermon. We see God, we see ourselves, and we see it through. Isaiah 6, 8, up here you got it, okay? That's what we're going to try to go through today and, and do all these things. And uh, let me talk just a few minutes before we get there. We're going to be in Acts chapter 9, start off with, then we're going to be in Exodus 3, and then we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6. But... Let me say this to you. The local church. The local church. You ever thought about this? Who started the local church? Who started the church? The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And uh, I have said many times, uh, nobody in their right mind other than God would start a local church. So what do you mean by that? If I asked you, I could start a split right today by just asking you what teams you liked. What sports team are you for? It's somebody going to be different. What kind of truck do you drive? You don't drive a truck? What's the matter? No, I mean, you know, what, what I mean, we are different. You see what I'm saying? We're, we're so different. 
Everybody has different personalities, different, different things, different kind of food they like. Oh, I have, have I turned this thing on yet? Oh, okay, all right. And so, and yet, we come together, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays and all the other times of services, but even in the community when we're needed, we come together and love each other and help each other. We're a family. That's because of God. I've thought many times, now listen, I don't know, I probably sound like an educated professor to y'all, but I'm just a country boy. <laughs> and uh, I mean, when I first met my wife back in the day, 41 years ago, I was still saying pert near plum dead and over yonder. And she's, she's worked with me for a while to help me get going here. And uh, she's told me for 41 years, now when you preach, go slow. She's been for 41 years. Go, well, if I did that, I'd never get past my first sermon. John, you know that. And we gotta get it. By the way, if you want to be my friend, John's my friend. Here's what I like, pocket knives, <laughs> Hershey bars, <laughs> RC colas. I mean, I'm just old school, amen. And uh, John's given me all that over the years and kind of like special ties too, amen. God is good. Now, I'm, I'm going to get going here in a minute. Y'all going to have a hard time staying, staying up with me, so I'm just kind of reminiscing. I remember the first time Jim and Michelle came and, Remember talking to Jim out on the porch there that had to, over a memorial drive, had the steps down there where half our kids got almost killed four or five times, falling off them things, busting their heads. And uh, I performed a wedding ceremony for Lisa and TJ. And uh, I'm just trying to, there's a lot of things. A lot of folks aren't here because we've gotten older and moved away. Some, By the way, the McKinney's told me to tell y'all, uh, they were just, they had to go do a funeral. Earl had to do a funeral just the other day in Bowling Green and he couldn't take off work for both of them, but he was going to be here. TJ, they won't let him get away down there very much at all because they're working pretty hard. It's good for him. That's why I sent him down there. Not <laughs> but God's good. I could tell you when God provided the first time we got pews, we prayed them in. I could tell you the first time we got a PA system. Matter of fact, I don't see Celeste. She may be back here, but her dad, Ricky, gave us our first PA system at Maranatha Baptist Church. Our first van was given to us. Everything we got at first was prayed in. So why? Because we didn't have nothing. We had no money. We just started praying. And God provided our, our house that we wound up renting. We were actually without a house. Now, listen, I can tell you how to start a church. But then what you would do is go do it just exactly the opposite because I think I did everything the hard way. And uh, we had six children when we first came here. We still got six children, but they're grown up. <laughs> got fourteen grandkids so far, and uh, but we uh, we let me say this, and I'm gonna start preaching. A year or so before this, God put on my heart to start a church. Now, a year or two before that, God put on my heart to start a school. So when I'm 38 years old, I'm pastoring in Eastern Kentucky. I go back to college to get my master's degree. At 38 was with uh, five kids at the time. The last one, Luke, he was actually born in the house at home on Spring Street in Powell, Tennessee with a midwife. We figured after five we could get the sixth one then we knew how to do it. I mean, you know. And so he was there. And I went to a class on how to start a school. And I went to a class on how to start a church. Just did that. The, when I graduated in 98, I went to Shenandoah. And the next year, Brother Steve had me start their school. A year later, we came here and started Gateway Baptist Church. Be careful what classes you take. <laughs> I still, I just looked at Austin. I just, my mind went back, Michelle, to all those kids 
that she would work with, and they, they, we, we had them, we had, was, it, was Paige did the ukulele? Paige did the ukulele, and they, the boys did guitars and banjos, and it was just great. Now, set out to say this. Y'all have said a lot about me and Jamie, and you can keep talking about her, but truthfully, no one person does anything like this. We obey God. I have sat back many a time. I'm not lying. Many times I've gone back through my mind and thought, I wish I had said this differently. I wish I had done that better. I don't mean evil things. I mean just mistakes we make. Being a pastor is not the easiest job in the world, if y'all don't know that. If you do, if you think it is, I'm going to pray God calls you. (laughs) But I will say this. I'm one pastor who can say I truly know that if it hadn't been for people forgiving me, having mercy with me, being patient with me, the church wouldn't have made it. Not because of sin or evilness, but because we're human, right? And we go forward. And I thank God for that. Amen. Acts chapter 9. i got to get going here. Y'all are too quiet. i got to get you loud and mo- mo- going here. Acts chapter 9. See God, see yourself, and see it through. Acts chapter 9, verses 10. On down through here, we're going to get started. This is just point number one, okay? We're going to use this here in mind, send me, and we're going to talk about all that. Acts chapter 9, Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter and against the disciples of the Lord. That's verse 1. He, he went out. He was killing people, all those in the way. Look at verse 10, and I'll, I'll explain more as I go along. And Josh, you just want me to get done when I'm done, right? Try to, he got it. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judah, Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered. I'm going to give you something here. I don't remember God asking him a question. Do you? So then Ananias answered, said, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. And the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hand on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus hath appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, uh, hath sent, as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And by the way, I'm an authorized King James Version of the Bible. If I say something wrong, it's because I can't see real well, okay? Here's a story. Let's get with it. Now, let's think about this. We need some life in here. Here's Ananias. He sees God in the prayer. Now, I don't mean he sees God like Isaiah 8. We're going to get with that in a minute. But he's praying. He's wanting to be used of God. Are you all with me on this? You want to be used of God? If you're born again, you're saved, you want to serve God, he wants to serve God. He's praying. He's a man being used of God. He's praying, and, and in his prayer, God speaks to him. Into the thrill when you're praying, God speaks to you. Now, I'm not, you know I'm not talking about, if, if you're hearing voices like, Josh, Josh. It's probably Kelly using a megaphone. But anyway, <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying God does speak to us. 
Now, I know the world and the liberal crowd out there, you say God speaks to you, and they tried to do this with Brother Pence years ago. He's crazy. He's hearing voices. God speaks to us in our heart. The Holy Spirit of God speaks to us in our conscience. He speaks to us through the Word of God. Ananias is praying. He's wanting to be used to God. Young men, you want to be used to God. Young ladies, boy, this is great, Josh. I love this. And I want to be used of God. And so he's praying. God speaks to him. He says, I'm here, Lord. Listen, y'all got to get in. When you, here's what some of y'all do. Here's y'all's prayer. Well, you don't even bend over. Here's y'all's prayer life. Now, lay me down. To, oh, I'm not laying down yet, Lord. Lord, bless the food. Whatever it is I'm doing. If I'm laying down, bless me. If I'm eating, bless me. Now, I'm, not, I'm being sort of silly, but truthfully, we, we got a God Almighty that hears and answers our prayers. We need to be a little bit more serious about this thing. Ananias wants God to do something. So he's praying and God speaks to him. He's like, Woo, hallelujah, hear my Lord, I hear you. I, I, God finally spoke to me. Ananias, there's this guy named Saul, and I want you to go to him. Y'all remember reading about Saul? He's killing Stephen and uh, stoning people and putting them in prison. And Ananias says, Ananias answered the Lord. He, Wait a minute, Lord. Now, see, here's what, listen, God put that in there. That's the inspired word of God. We do the same thing. God, speak to me. Oh, John, yes, sir. I want you to start a church. Excuse me, Lord, my ears stopped up. I've been having some problems. I need to, I need to go. I want you to go. Listen, I want you to teach Sunday school. I remember this. First time I taught a major Sunday school class. Brother Decker, y'all know Brother Decker. He, uh, taught junior boys at Grace Baptist in Bowling Green, and he needed some help with some bus kids. They had about 40 junior boys and junior girls in there, and he said, come in there and help. I said, here my Lord, I help. I got in there. I'm sitting beside these boys. There's two twin boys, junior high. What, what age is that? Eight, nine, ten, whatever it is. They're not, probably not much older than that, whatever age they are. And Shane and Sean, two twin boys. I'm sitting there, and Brother Decker's preaching. He does really good illustrations. The kids get into it. These kids didn't get into it. I got into it. I'm watching the message, and in the back, in my, I'm watching Brother Joe preach in the back. I'm hearing something. My mama gonna kill me. My mama gonna kill me. I looked around. He had bubble gum all in his hair. I mean, everywhere. I had to take him out. Miss Melinda come and got him. She actually had to cut his hair. So I said, Lord, here, my Lord, I'll serve you. So I go back the next week. I'm in there. He's got a haircut, but he's there. But the other brother sat beside me. Brother Decker's going at it. I'm listening to the message. I hear this, my mom going to kill me. I looked around. He had took an ink pen and broke it. And an ink all over his face, all over his pen. I said, your mom ain't going to kill you. I am. I said, I had to get, what are you saying, Brother John? I'm saying, man, I want to be served God. I want to be used of God. But then when God asks us to do something, catch this, it's not always easy. We are a bunch of can you say wimps nowadays? Uh, I'll say it anyway. We're a bunch of wimps. I want to tell you something, John. They may take me out there and beat me to death after a while, but I am tired, sick and tired. Slender, you're right. I've been preaching for a long time. Men ought to stand up and be men, and uh, men of God. Not, I'm not talking about being vulgar and sissy. That's, that's, uh, hang on here, Brother John. Listen. You, say, you don't know who you're talking to. This is a military town. I do know who I'm talking to. And you ought to be the best of being the men of God and women of God to live for God. But here's the thing. So, so Lord, Ananias is excited, and then God asked him to do something. I remember when God called me to preach. Y'all probably thought I was born that way, but I wasn't. 
I was raised in Kentucky, and on Sundays, Saturday nights, I usually went coon hunting. How many of you know what a raccoon is? Okay. If nothing else, you're going to get some culture today, I'll tell you that. So, I mean, I was raised on a little old farm, and we'd go raccoon hunting, coon hunting, and all that. And, and Sunday morning, I went fishing. I was either hunting or fishing or laying around, you know, because you worked on a farm and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and uh, I got saved by the grace of God. My brother-in-law gave me a gospel track, and I won't spend a whole lot of time on this, although I could. It was John O'Rice's track, What Must I Be to Be Saved? He handed it to me. said, Johnny, I got saved. I thought he meant he got pulled out of the river again because <laughs> he had gotten drunk a few weeks before that and drove a car off in the river. He just bought him a 73 Maverick. Y'all probably know what them things are, but anyway... He drove that thing off in the river. He, he, from his house, you could see five working moonshine stills where I was raised up in Kentucky. He got saved. Well, I, I opened the refrigerator door up and all the alcohol was gone. So, man, you got something. So I read that track and I asked the Lord to save me. God saved me. Started going to church, started living for God. And later on, got married and all that stuff. But I was praying about serving God. And then I said, Here am I, Lord. I see you, Lord. I can't do anything. We're going to get to more of this in a minute. But he said, so here we are. So the Lord tells me, I want to serve the Lord. I'm praying. I go to my father's gravesite just to have a place of reference. My dad got killed when I was five years old in a car wreck. And I found out later that he did get saved before he died. Praise God. At that time, I didn't know. I went there. I just wanted a place of, of reference. I was, I was really burdened about things, serving God, living for God. I was in church every time the doors opened. We was teaching Sunday school class, but I was just, something was bothering me. So I'm there, and I said, Lord, here am I. And I prayed, and I said, Lord, I'll be a teacher. I'll be a missionary. I'll be, you know, all these things. The only thing I didn't say was I'll be a pastor. And you know why I didn't? Because I really didn't believe that God would call me to be a pastor. Because I thought pastors, you know, my mind at that time was this. Pastors do weddings and funerals. The only wedding I'd even been to was my own. I was not a social whatever, you know, and, and, and that made me nervous. And so I, anyway, I said yes to the Lord. Now, by the way, I've did a lot of weddings, a lot of funerals since then, and, and, and they're easy compared to all the other problems I had <laughs> because the other issues are very out there. But I had to do, listen, see God, saw myself, see it through. You got to go through with it. So Ananias went through with it. Look what God did with the Apostle Paul. You know, Daisy Halls is a lady that led 14 year old Lee Robertson to the Lord, and he became a great man used of God. Ed Kimball was a man that led D.L. Moody to the Lord. He reached two continents for God, but it was just one person doing what God told him to do. With all these COVID and all these things we're talking about, and let me be very clear I'm not telling you what to do. I believe in individual freedom, amen? You do what God, you feel like, you do your own wisdom, your own thinking, you do what God tells you. That's not what I'm saying here. But I am saying this, God's not giving us a spirit of fear. God is, he's giving us a spirit of a sound mind. We, have, we, we can obey God and do what God, God is able. He is bigger than, you know, <laughs> climate control. I don't know what you believe about climate control, but you've got to say some things to get people upset. I, I, I don't know about all that, but I read back in my Bible in Genesis that God's in control of the climate. Matter of fact, after the flood, he said, see that rainbow up there? It's a promise. I'll never flood the whole world again. And from this time on, there'll be seasons of summer and winter. He talks about all that. I still believe that's going to be the case. 
You say, well, what if it changes? I don't think I could do anything about it. I'm going to keep on serving God. See, I don't want to live in the spirit of fear. That's what's happening. People are getting this idea. Man, we can't do this because of this. We can't do this because of that. The government's going to stop us here. The government's going to stop us there. We're Americanized and we're Americans and I love America, but God loves the world and there's people all over this world have suffered worse than you and I ever have even thought about still living for God. We've had it too good, if I can say it that way. I don't like pain. I, I got a lot of it. <laughs> Brother, well, I start to say somebody's name, but I don't want to say nobody's name. But after you get past whatever age I am, it's there. Amen, brother. Say, can you prove that? Go back and read Ecclesiastes. Taste don't work anymore. Can't see, you ever read that verse in the Bible where he talks about the, you can't see, it's, it's God describing the old man. I think my name's down there. And <laughs> you start hurting and everything, you know, you know, you know I've, I've learned one thing about getting older though, is I'm, I'm, I've realized how good I was when I was younger. <laughs> we, people talk about sports nowadays or jumping. I, I played ball. I did these things. <laughs> I must've been great because <laughs> in my mind, I could, I go back now and think, boy, I remember I could do this and I could do that. I mean, I can stand flat-footed and jump over the back of a pickup truck. I can't even crawl in a pickup truck nowadays. I mean, used to run track, and I won all these things running track. You say, if somebody said he's going to shoot me now, I say, hurry up, I ain't running. <laughs> I couldn't run. Here am I, Lord. Listen here. He, he heard from God. He saw himself. Are you getting this? And I'm going to go over this again two more times. He, 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 I saw myself. There's no way I could be a pastor. There's no way I could be a preacher. Don't you agree? There's no way. There's no way I could do this. But that's not the issue. It's all about him. I saw him. If he asked us to do something, then we go through with it, and God blesses all that. Start a church. Brother Josh, you ever, I know you have, but especially you ever start, had a message God told you to preach, and you thought, woe is me. If I preach that one, somebody's going to get mad. If I come across this one and I say that, I know this family and I know that family. God said in Jeremiah, look, look at their faces. Because you know what? We need? Listen, I'd rather somebody get up and preach me and make me mad and make me upset, as long as it's thus saith the Lord, than try to compromise it. Because God wants to change us, and that's one of the reasons why you like this church, and Josh is still doing the same thing. We don't have to be arrogant or mean or hateful about it, but somebody needs to preach, Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Our God is holy. He's not your country music rock and roll God. Amen. I mean, I get so sick of it. You say, Bro, you don't like anything. I like it. Hey, I'm country to the core. Pinto, we went to Cracker Barrel last night. Pinto beans, cornbread. Hallelujah. I mean, don't get no better than roast beef, potatoes. <laughs> Potatoes for some of you guys. <laughs> but this thing in our, our culture, America, listen, America, young people, gets this. They've, take, they've taken people, and I won't say all their names. I don't want to give them credit. But they one mouth, one side of their mouth, they're singing some song about going out to the bar and getting drunk and doing this and doing that. Other side of the mouth, they're singing, oh, how I love Jesus. It isn't so. I didn't even say ain't. It, it, it ain't so. That sounds better than isn't. You cannot. You said, Brother John, I can. Not in truly being in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is holy, holy, holy. And that's not, I don't mean that in such a way that you walk around with a robe on and a 
heard about the woman said, she said, <laughs> she said, I get to heaven. I don't know how I'm going to get that robe over my wings. B.R. Lincoln said, honey, don't worry about that. I'm worried about how you can get that halo over them horns. <laughs> so that's all joking, of course. I don't know what time it is, but we need to go to number two quickly. Take your Bible, turn to Exodus. For you scholars, that's the second book of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus chapter 3. I'm leaving out a lot, but you're getting it. We need to get this. I'll be 64 in November if I live that long. Really, it's not that old. I understand that. But I like the fellow say, I got a lot of miles on it, though. But I don't want to quit. I'm teaching school at Shenandoah and trying to preach when I can. And me and my wife have some other health issues and things we're praying about and all that kind of stuff. But every day, I promise you, when I'm praying, I'm begging God, don't put me on a shelf. I don't want to quit yet. I mean, sometimes people quit and say, well, I'm this age or I'm that age. It has nothing to do with your birth date. It has to do with your heart and do something for God. And it's not just doing, it's being something for God. I, I can't do what I once could do. You, and we're going to all get to that point. But you young people, y'all got, man, you got that energy. Use it for God. Lasso it together say, I'm going to do something for God. We're going to be in all eternity with God in just a few years down here on this earth. And we have got in this mentality that I've got to be successful here and successful there and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. No, you've got to follow God. Amen. He loves you and he wants to give you the best. My wife and I got married in August 16th, 1980. I met her in January 1980. I've been praying. I, I just got out of the Navy and uh, I walked into church and my sister, Sharon, had called her. I said, I'm back in town. I said, uh, is there any young college-age girls there that go out with me? She said, oh, there's just one named Jamie. I said, she is pretty and she is smart. I said, excuse me, you didn't understand my question. I said, that would go out with me. <laughs> I walked in. I walked in. Never seen her before. Walked into Sunday school class. Pastor knew me. He called me in. Knew I just got back. He said, well, before we start class, Ben, there's a lot of new people here today. Let's get to know each other. Just, just, just ask some questions about everybody. So Jamie looks at me. I did, I'm assuming that's her. I walked in. She was glowing. Oh. And there was other girls and other guys there. First question she ever asked me. Now, girls, I'm helping you here, so if you ever want to get married. She said, What's your favorite color? Can I tell I was 22 years old. I, I had no idea. So I answered as honestly I knew how. Remember I told you I'm from the country? Buckskin. <laughs> I promise you for God, that's what I said. I said, by the way, I like buckskin. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. And uh, just put it this way. When I walked out of that classroom, I said to my cousin, I'm going to marry a girl. We walked out of the classroom and she said, who is that bozo? <laughs> and we were so far apart, where she's from, what she thought, where I was from. But about a month into it, the pastor asked me to preach. And I preached on David and Goliath, there's not a cause. And God in her heart said, he loves the Lord, he wants to serve God. I'm interested. <clears throat> and so we got married in August. 41 years ago, six, well, one kid in heaven, six here, and um, 14 grandkids. 
And I've taught them to take care of me as I get older. <laughs> I hope. What are you saying? I'm saying God has a plan. I'm trying to get you to know me, but I, I want you to know this. I don't want to quit. I've seen God. I've seen myself. It's pathetic, but I want to see it through, Brother Josh. Number two, real quick. I'll go fast on this so we can get to point number three. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 11, I've got to tell you the story. This is where God, Moses sees the burning bush. He turns aside to see it, and now God's speaking to him. So he saw God, right? He's seeing the burning bush. And, and bushes, it was not uncommon for a bush to burn, and I've got to leave out so much information because of time's sake, but this one kept burning. And there was a difference because it was God. And so he saw God, and then God asked him to do something, go back to Egypt where he had murdered someone. Remember the story? I hope you know your Bible. And, and lead my people out of Egypt. And so here's the four excuses that Moses gives. Chapter 3, verse 11. He says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I? God called him to go, and he said, Here am I, Lord, I'll go. Back in verses, verses 4, he said, Here am I. But in verse 11, after God told him he wanted to go back to Egypt, he did the same thing Ananias did, and he did it before Ananias did. He said, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and bring him out? Catch this for a moment. When he said, who am I, he wasn't just making an excuse. The truth of the matter is, who are we that God would even let us do anything for him? Listen, folks, God knows our hearts. If God knows my heart, I'm a good... No, God knows your heart better than you think we do. God knows we are but dust. There's nothing good in us. Hand me that water back up, Jamie. God knows that we're but dust. Thank you. God knows that the best, he said, without me you can do nothing. We read that verse and then go around and try to do everything without God. Sorry about that. And so he says, who am I? I'm nobody. I've said the same thing. I'm nobody. By the way, until you become nobody, you're not going to ever be anybody. I appreciate the accolades, if that's a big word there, the good things that are said. And I think we should say good things to people that are faithful to God. Amen. As long as, as, long as you and I know that it is because of God. I've looked out over my brothers and sisters and cousins. We have a large family. I had a lot of big family. And I look at how many of them are been in the pen, already dead from a drug overdose, or stabbed, killed, and thrown in the river. And I look back over to some of them that are still living, if you, if you call what they're doing existing. And I thank God, thank you for saving me. Because that's all I had going for me. And you too, by the way. But God is good. Number two, a number a little two under here. Verse, verse 13. He says, God, who am I? And God tells him to go on. Then he says, verse 13. He says, verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? In other words, he first said, Who am I? Now he's saying, Well, who are you? They're going to ask me who you are. And he, look what he says in verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me. Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. What does that mean? When he says I am that I am, it means I am the self-existing one. I am, I'm from everlasting to everlasting. There is nobody else. 
<coughs> Every time you turn around, people are trying to invent gods. As a matter of fact, our culture has become a, I don't know all the great words to say, but we've all, we have a culture that's very religious. Faith is used a lot, the word faith, but it's their own little God. I don't want to be mean or unkind to you here, folks, but if you have not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you're not saved. He, he died for us. He paid the way for us. That offends a lot of people that he's the only way, but he is the only way. And it's not just a head knowledge, but a heart full of Jesus Christ, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, who are you? Who am I? Who are you? They'll ask who we are. Well, I'll tell you who he is. He's the creator. Colossians 1, 16, 17. He's the one who holds all things together by him. He's, he's, he, listen, he's the greatest. If we had time here, we could go through all the names of Yahweh and Elohim. We could tell you all the things he is. He's the provider. He, we, we wouldn't have time. We could go for 30, 40 minutes just telling you God is everything. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven three 3 that uh, it's impossible for us to please him apart from faith. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Those are not just words. They mean something. You know, people today want to see, oh, show me the science. How many, how many of you just, you've heard that? Show me the science. Well, I like science too. I mean, I like uh, the science of two plus two is four. That's, that's math, okay? <laughs> I like science. God says to us, we must live by faith. That doesn't take away all the things that God put together. He put together the, the world, the stars, the neutron star, the black hole, the galaxies, anything, you know, the microscopes and all the way down to nanoparticles. I mean, God's involved in all that. But he's your Savior also. Number, we've got to go quickly. Verse, chapter 4, verse 10. I'm about ready to get to the last point. These are subpoints. Chapter 4, verse 10, he said, Moses now says to God, And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm, I'm not eloquent, neither hitherto nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. I'm fast of speech and a stuttering tongue. <laughs> but God says, and Moses is trying to make excuse here. And what does God say to him? Now, can, I, can I be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be reverent, but can, I, can, you, can we say, here's Moses, here's God, and Moses says, but Lord, I know you want me to go and you told me to go, but... I'm not eloquent of speech, and I, I can't talk well. And God went, oh, man, I didn't know that. You see what I'm saying? Oh, God knew that. He made it. He said, I'm not making tongue. He said, man, I'd, I'd serve. I'd teach Sunday school class, but I got this issue or that issue. No, the only issue we have is with our sin. Let's deal with it and all these physical things God will help us with. He said, I'm not eloquent. Matter of fact, I want to go back to verse 1. I didn't catch this, but verse 1, he says there of chapter 4 and verse 1, that Moses said unto them, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hark to my voice. So catch this real quick, then we'll go to the third big point we'll be out here. He said, look, he said, God, uh, here am I. And God says, I want you to go back to Egypt where you killed that guy 40 years ago, and I want you to lead your, my people out. And he said, God, who am I? Well, who are you? Well, they won't believe. Well, I can't talk. But he saw it through. Are you with me? But he saw it through. He went and did what God wanted to do. Go to Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Isaiah 6 and verse 8. This is a verse you got up here on the wall. 
Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. He said, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And it stood, above it stood the seraphim, which each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And for you preachers, that's face, feet, and fly. You got your three points there, eh? Verse 3. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king and the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, and which he had taken from off the, with the tongues from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sins purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? Then said I, Here am I, Lord, or here am I, send me. He saw the Lord, he saw himself, and he saw it through. A fellow by the name of John G. Patton was a missionary to the cannibals of the islands, and he was talking with a man that didn't want him to go. He said, the man kept saying, if you'll go, if you're going to go out there, those cannibals will eat you alive. They'll eat you. And he kept telling him that every time he'd meet, he'd try to get him not to go. Finally, John Patton said, listen, said, you're an old man. said, you're not going to live too much longer. You're going to die. They're going to put you in the ground, and the worms are going to eat your body. He said, if it means serving Jesus, I don't care if the worms eat my body or the cannibals eat my body. I want to serve God. We keep making these excuses, and God tells us to go. Dave, you've heard of William Livingston, David Livingston. Which one is it? It's William Carey, neither one of the Livingstons. It's William Carey, missionary to India when he was a little boy. Just a couple of illustrations we're going to be done. William Carey, because I want you to get this. See God, see ourselves, see it through. He said he saw a birdhouse up in a tree as a little boy. He climbed a tree and fell out. His mother said, quit doing that. He said, Mom, there's a bird out, a little bird nest, not a birdhouse, a bird nest. He climbed a second time, fell out. He climbed a third time, fell out, broke his leg. So weeks go by. He's laying there on the couch with his bed all, his, his leg all fixed up. His mama comes home. There he is sitting on the couch with the bird nest. She looked at him, what are you doing? He said, Mother, they talk, talk like that back then, you know. <laughs> he said, Mother, once I begin a thing, I must go through with it. And I'm thinking, folks, we have quit so many things. We start something. If it gets a little bit hard, we just run. Well, let somebody else do it. No, 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 no. We need to see God. We need to see ourselves. We need to see it through. John Paul Jones. How many of you have heard of old John Paul Jones? I love the story of John Paul Jones. We hear a lot about him. He's I've yet begun to fight. But have you ever read the story? I mean, good night. I mean, they're being the Serapis and the, the Bonheim Richard are fighting, blowing each other up side, side, blowing bomb. They finally come together. And uh, I think John, uh, John Paul Jones was, was knocked unconscious or hit for a little while. Anyway, when he would come around, the captain, Preston's from the other side, said, Peterson, I think was his name, said, have you struck your color? He said, I've yet begun to fight. But then's when the story starts. Then he actually lashes the two boats together to keep fighting. And they fought and fought till they started sinking. And finally, the other guy surrenders. And by the way, the Bonhoeffer Richard is at the bottom of the sea because of killing the people who couldn't fight. In other words, he did not quit. 
He had that, I mean, that sounds a good saying, but he, if, what if he just said, I've yet begun to fight and then quit? You heard the story about the ten little birds sitting on a fence post, and one bird said, I think I'll fly away. Somebody said, how many is left? They said, ten. They said, ten, yeah, he said he said it, but he never did it. You know, we say what we're going to do sometimes and never do it. Real quick, we're going to be down here. And every one of these stories, and there's others through the Bible, we see God. You better, you better first see God, amen? Then you see yourself. You see what you're like, but then we see it through. My cousin and I had a couple of horses when we was growing up. I had Mandy. He had Candy. I didn't name them. That's what they were when we bought them. They were Tennessee walkers, but they were just pleasure horses for us. And he had busted his leg, my cousin, and his mare had had a colt, and mine had had a colt, and, uh, or foal, however you want to say that. So he called me about a year later. He said, can you come over here and ride, ride this horse? said, she hadn't been ridden over a year or two. She's getting real frisky, and I can't get on her with my leg. I'd be glad to do it. So I got over her. I threw a rope around her neck, but I didn't get it up here. I got it down here, if any of you know what I'm talking about. And she took off with that rope, and it just peeled the hide off my hand. I mean, it just, you know, it was summertime. It was July, I think. And it, and it just peeled the hide off my hand. That rope went through my hand. The horse took off running. And I looked at the blood and the sinew and all that. And I went, here, here's the story. I went, she's mine. <laughs> and I, I told Judy, my, cousin, my wife, to my cousin, I said, Judy, you got any winter gloves? She said, yeah, go get them. And I put some winter gloves on there. And make a long story short, I rode that horse. I mean, it was fun bucking and kicking and having a hallelujah time. But I rode the horse. Why? Because I saw it through. I could have said, ouch, this hurts. Passion of church hurts, Josh. People get mad at you and say things about you you don't like. Taking a stand at work hurts. I go in there and talk about Jesus and they cuss every breath they got and they talk about drugs and dope and sexual things. And I worked in the public world. I know what you're talking about. In the military, all that, kind of, all that stuff going on. Stand up for Jesus. Well, they won't like it. They're not supposed to like it till God draws. I didn't like it till I got saved. I'm trying to close, Josh. I'm closing. Thank you. I'm closing. I mean, most preachers say that and they don't do it, so why should I break the pattern? No, just kidding. That's right, brother. Boy, amen, brother. Here's a, here's, here it is. Here's a summation. I'm so thankful for y'all giving me this opportunity. Truly, I am. I've seen God, but we want to revisit God. You've seen God, but in this world, it gets foggy, things happening. You say, well, is the Lord coming back? Of course he's been, he's, going be, he's been coming back ever since he told Peter and Paul and all of them coming back. He's coming back. I don't know when. It may be today or whatever, but he's coming back. I don't want to quit worrying so much time about when he's coming back. I want to worry about doing something while I'm here. So I may have to revisit seeing God, Brother Josh, for who he really is. <clears throat> It's, it's like anything. Your children get comfortable with your lifestyle and we get comfortable with this world and, and everything and we love God and we're not, I'm not saying we're evil or wicked. We've got, we love the Lord. We, we go to church. We do these things, but we, we need to revisit the holiness of God. 
And then we need to see ourselves again because we've gotten comfortable with knowing how to say the right words and when to say amen and what to do. And, and I'm not saying we're doing it deceitfully. It's just by nature of the beast. That's what we do. And by the way, we should be good and do the right thing. But let's not forget who we are. But once we do that, let's see it through. All the things going on across the land, across America, if you're watching all the news stations and all that stuff, if you watch that, you're going to go crawl in a hole somewhere and hide. I don't know what might happen, but by the way, if the Lord lets me die from something, I learned a long time ago, that's the only way we get out of here. It may be a car wreck. It may be somebody shooting you. It may be, you know, you don't know. It could be COVID, and I hope it's not. I, I, but don't be afraid to serve God. Be cautious. Be, be, you take vitamin C's. Drink a lot of apple cider vinegar. I'm telling you, that helps. That's not a medical, I'm not saying a medical thing. Okay. I don't, that's not medical advice. That's just farmer's advice. See God. See ourselves, and let's see it through. There's more need, more need now than ever in the history of the world for young people and faithful members to stay faithful to the local church. The devil, I'm not talking about politics, the devil saw a plan a couple years ago with this COVID stuff, and churches are closing every time you turn around. Scared people to death. We've gone online, nothing wrong with online, Was anybody online, how they, and all that. And all that kind of stuff. But if I understand my Bible, Jesus is the one who established the church. Not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as a man of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as to see that day approaching. I didn't say that. He said that. And he knows the future. And he knew what would be going on. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this group of people here and, Lord, what you're doing in their lives. Please, Lord, I, 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 want, I want so much to know that we're being found faithful. I want us to have the courage, Lord, the love to stand for the what's right. And uh, I know that there are people here, because there are people everywhere that have burdens, hurts, and heartaches. As I was preaching one thing, some other thought might have come through their mind, something that just bombards them, a fear, a, a health issue a financial issue, a relationship issue, or so many things. Help them to see the good thing is, God, you, you are God. You are involved in all things, and you'll help us if we'll come to you. And Lord, if someone here isn't saved, isn't sure of their salvation, they may be a member of a church, may have been baptized, may be trying to do good deeds, but they've never truly been convicted of their sin and convinced by the Holy Ghost of God that they're lost and they need to be saved and they truly trust you and you alone for salvation. I pray, God, that would be the case. Give Brother Josh the wisdom to run the rest of the service and help us, Lord, to see you, see ourselves, and see it through in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, if, we, if there's ever going to be a work that's accomplished, we're going to have to see God. We'll have to see ourselves. If you look for yourself in, the, in your own strength and think that you can accomplish something in your own ability, uh, you're mistaken. Uh, as you see yourself, you see just how much you need God uh, and then see it through. It's always going to be difficult, but with God, he makes it all, all much easier than when we try to do it in our own ability and our own strength. We're going to take about 13 minutes. We will start back at a, in, in 12 minutes, 11.45. The next service will start, and uh, you say, I'm hungry. We've got a meal prepared for you, all right? I promise.
All right, and uh, it won't be long. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take much of your time, but I do want to uh, spend some time uh, in God's Word, and I want us to see a couple of things. And uh, this is our 21st anniversary, and uh, and so I pray that you'll just make plans to stay and uh, be with us. But we're going to take about a 12-minute break. We'll start back at 11:45. But y'all go ahead, fellowship for a little while. Get to know the Daltons if you haven't already. Okay, y'all are dismissed for a few moments.